Hey, welcome to Bruise Culture. I'm your host, Evan Schwab. I own the gaming site Big Cultures, and I'm an aspiring Cicero. I'm here to help you pair quality craft beers with great games in order to maximize your leisure time. We'll talk about some of the best breweries and their histories alongside the ins and outs of games and the gaming industry. So stop in, take a load off, and enjoy excellent brews with us as we explore two of the most profitable business industries. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brews Culture. Today, we have a pairing of one of my favorite video game franchises alongside one of my favorite Ohio breweries, actually one of my favorite breweries in the nation. It's a brewery that has been making waves in craft brewing for the past, you know, whew, what, a couple years at this point. And it's a franchise that's finally getting the attention that it deserves. So be sure to stay tuned and check that out. Uh, but before then, uh, a couple newsworthy pieces of you know information that has come out recently. The Grand Theft Auto 6 will be featuring its first female protagonist. The story will be based around the saga of Bonnie and Clyde, which is an interesting, you know, tale. So hopefully they do it justice. It should be pretty cool to see. It sounds like you'll be able to choose between a female and, and male protagonist who are partners, you know, in a similar vein as Bonnie and Clyde. I think a lot of people are just excited to, uh, to have an update for a new Grand Theft Auto. I mean, five has been around for three console generations came out on the PS3, existed on the PS4, and it has carried over to the PS5. So it has spanned such a a mammoth amount of time that any any information on the new Grand Theft Auto, I'm sure, excites people. For me, I've not been a huge Grand Theft Auto fan, but it's always interesting to hear about the franchise, you know? And it's also cool that, you know, they're, they're taking the leap into creating uh, female protagonist drawing in maybe a bigger audience for themselves yeah so that was a piece of information came about a what a week or two ago additionally actually not additionally but as a whole separate story if you've been uh if you're a sports fan particularly in the nfl and you've been paying attention to contracts and draft picks and all that good stuff kyler murray the quarterback for the arizona cardinals received a pretty big extension, a pretty lucrative extension. But as a part of the clause, or as I'm sorry, as a part of the extension, there was a clause that required Murray to spend extra amount of time studying the plays independent of any distractions prior to game day. So that meant he couldn't study his playbook while watching a movie or watching TV or in his particular case, playing video games. <laughs> Apparently, he enjoys video games as much as, as the rest of us, allegedly. And this is all allegedly, of course. He has refuted this and has called out the media for harping on this. And the Cardinals actually took it out of his, out of his contract following this story. But uh, <laughs> Barstool Sports did a, a pretty quick rundown of how Kyler Murray performed on his game days the same weekends as Call of Duty's Double Experience weekends. 
and they discovered that his performance severely <laughs> lacked comparative to non-double experience weekends for Call of Duty. So just a fun little story there. I think it's really funny. You know, if I was making the kind of money, though, that these guys make, I would I would I would perhaps shun video games altogether until I was in the offseason at the, at the least. I mean, I remember again, it wasn't football, but. I remember, and I can't think of his name, but he was a pitcher for, I believe, the Tigers, a reliever. Uh, he was, oh, he threw, he's flamethrower arm. I believe it was their closer during their uh, really long stretch of baseball prowess when they went to the World Series a couple times. But during the playoffs, he strained his muscle playing Guitar Hero and wasn't able to pitch in the playoffs. In his contract, they added an amendment that said he was not able to play video games during the season. That one makes sense, right? You get hurt playing video games. You probably shouldn't play video games if you're making money off of off of those muscles and arms, and body parts, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to hear stories like that. Anyway, uh, that's our uh, a <laughs> little breakdown for the episode. We'll hop right into our pairing today, which features Ryan Geist, a lovely, lovely brewery from Cincinnati, Ohio. And we're going to be featuring their beer called Truth. And Truth is an IPA. With a 7.2% alcohol content, uh, it's about 75 on the IBU scale, so a little bit of bitterness there, but not too bad. Pours very nicely, nice, thick head. I'm actually currently drinking it out of a copper cup, a copper pint cup, so it keeps it nice and nice and cool in there. But interestingly enough, cold is not always best. For beers, I know some people swear by it, but one of the first things you learn when when taking your Cicerone classes is that you know ice cold beer is not always the best beer. So my beer is not ice cold. It is it's cool. Uh, I probably sat in the refrigerator for a day or so before I uh, popped it out for this show, but. This cup keeps it nice and cool, uh, but it poured a brilliant head, which is still hanging around, which is pretty cool. It's a very nice, smooth, perhaps a little, a little bit prickly on the tongue for the mouthfeel, but you know, it, it has a little bit of a tropical aroma and it has notes of grapefruit and mango mango that add to the dry finish it, it really is a terrific ipa i mean if you for me if i'm sitting down at a bar in ohio or a restaurant even and i want a good beer and i, I like i don't want to mess around with trying something new which is always fun i love trying new beers but sometimes i only have one beer and especially when i'm not feeling you know if, having had gout so many times Sometimes I get weary. So if I'm not feeling like messing around trying a beer or I know I'm only going to have one beer and I want to have a good one. Nine out of 10 times I'm going to choose truth if it's on the menu. And if it's not on the menu, there's probably something good from Columbus Brewing or Great Lakes that I can substitute in there instead. But actually, and as a little aside, but you guys know I love Three Floyds Brewing from Indiana. They 
distribute heavily now in Ohio and I think about 18 other states. But in Ohio in particular, uh, you can find zombie dust on tap, particularly at the Winking Lizard. But you can find it and it is it is uh, it's almost a uh, a necessity if I'm going to be drinking a beer on the night zombie dust if it's available. But otherwise, truth from Rheingeist is one of my favorite IPAs. I mean, it's just, it's like a staple. I I don't know how else to describe it. The, their, um, their little blurb that they have written on the back of the, uh, the can states that rare are moments of truth when you've struck the last match, belting out tunes with your friends, staring deep into the campfire, times when you feel infinite. Our truth is found in the scintillating brilliance of hops brewed with a nod to pacific hops sizzle with tropical fruit grapefruit and mango notes and a dry finish so truth truth the ipa from rheingeist and before we hop on over to the game rheingeist also is one of the few breweries where i can almost guarantee i'm going to enjoy it every single thing that I have from them. And I've had quite a few. <laughs> they have a huge selection of beer to choose from. In fact, the case I bought from the store was a, a variety pack of three different beers. They had Truth, another pale ale called Vision, and then a low-calorie IPA called Mathlete. And we're going to actually... I'm, I'm going to do a series of beer pairings with this series of game that we'll be talking about here in a second. We're going to do these in a row. I think it'll be kind of fun to do like a set of theme shows here. But Rheingeist, very much like the game developer that I'll be talking about, rarely <laughs> develops a miss. If you were traveling in Ohio and you have not had Rheingeist, I mean, I know they obviously they distribute farther than Ohio, but and actually I think Rheingeist also just opened up a brewery in Chicago too, if I'm not mistaken, about half a year ago or so. If you see Rheingeist and you haven't had a chance, you'll probably see Truth in your store. Grab it. Trust me. <laughs> if you don't like it, let me know. But if you if you like, you know, IPAs, this is this is one you've got to try. Their logo is also just terrific. It's like a little skull hop head. But yeah, so Truth, you know, you get a nice fruity scent. And a nice little bit of fruit in the taste. But on Beer Advocate, it sits with a score of 91, which is pretty, it's outstanding according to Beer Advocate. But, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a foundational IPA. What I mean by that is it really is, when I think of IPAs, truth is probably the one that would come to my mind first. It's not my favorite, which, which saying it like that <laughs> almost sounds condescending, puts it down a couple notches, but it is, it is really good. I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I guess I can't really describe it any other way. It's just, it's like the, the poster child of IPAs, you know, it is, it is an IPA of IPA. So you might not have like a mind blowing experience. It might not be like the craziest IPA you've ever had, but it may be one of the best IPAs you've ever had. 
And listen, if you are not a fan of IPAs, that's totally cool. And you may not like it. But if you do like IPAs, if you if you enjoy craft beer and, and a traditional IPA, I mean, truth is the best of the best. Always proud of Ohio breweries and Ohio beer. Rheingeist, what Rheingeist has done with itself is super impressive and, and super inspiring. But yeah, I would honestly, truthfully recommend truth. And with that said, we are pairing truth today. Originally, let me let me just interject this in here because this game will come up in a future pairing. But originally, I was going to pair truth with Remedy Games Control. Control is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, it the theme of Control really fit with the idea of this truth. It's, it's a mind blowing game, and we're gonna find something even better to pair it with. And I can't wait to do that one. But today. We are pairing Truth with the brand new Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Now, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 launched at the time of this podcast publication last Friday. So, what was that the 31st, I believe, of July? If I'm if I'm correct. It's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. It's it's developed by Monolith Soft. It is as noted, the third mainline entry in the Xenoblade Chronicles saga. The nice thing about this one is you do not have to have played the last two titles. There is also Xenoblade Chronicles X, which came out for the Wii U a number of years ago. Uh, you also don't have to play that one, but I wanted to make mention of that one in here. And I think as a little aside, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, I think the next few episodes are going to be dedicated to Xenoblade Chronicles. Because they just it's just a cel it should be a celebrated RPG franchise. And the developers, Monolith Soft, have perhaps one of the strongest track records of all developers. So much like Rheingeist with its phenomenal output of beer, Monolith Soft also has a phenomenal output of RPGs. And and what's really cool is they all share this Xeno common idea. So back on the PS1, there is Xeno Gears. And that was a terrific RPG. I mean, fantastic. Published by Square, Squaresoft at the time. And it was just classic turn-based combat. Really good story. The first disc especially was just brilliant. I remember enjoying it so much when I was in school. I have great memories of it. Unfortunately, that one is super expensive now. It's well over $100 at this point. But if you can find a copy for a reasonable price, 100% play it. It's a PS1 exclusive. On the PS2, they came out with Xenosaga. Xenosaga's episode one, two episodes, one, two, and three. This was also a, uh, a pretty... Uh, so. It got better as they came out. So Xenosaga episode one and two were a little bit panned, but episode three, if I remember correctly, was rated a lot higher. But for audience, for the fans of the Xenosaga games, I mean, all three games are brilliant. And again, much like Xenogears, Xenosaga episode three in particular, the game pre-owned, I want to say is worth 250 bucks. 
sealed, obviously, way more. So these games, they do get really rare, you know, allocated at some point or uh, to some point rather not at some point. Those also were pretty classic turn-based combat, a little unique in the turn-based combat. The visuals definitely improved from the first game to the second and third. The character models changed a little bit. Everything matured a little bit, but they still produced really good games. And I would honestly recommend those if you have a chance to, uh, to grab one, if you can find them for a good deal. Maybe you can find them on whatnot. Sometimes games like that go for a lot cheaper than their market value. So, you know, you might be able to find it somewhere for a good price. That being said, with the uh, Nintendo Wii, GameStop actually secured the exclusive right to sell Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one. Fortunately for me, a buddy of mine worked at GameStop at the mall that I grew up by. And I would go there pretty often to get stuff just to, to help his numbers out. And and because uh, the the uh, the manager of the store at the time was actually a really cool dude, very knowledgeable, very friendly. I liked him. And he recommended, actually, that I pre-order. He, and in fact, he didn't just recommend it. He really insisted that I pre-order it. He must have known that they were going to be pretty allocated. So I pre-ordered a copy. Absolutely loved it. And for a short while... Before the Switch came out, before the Wii U came out, actually really after the Wii U came out too, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 was one of the most expensive Wii games for a long time because GameStop was the only one who carried it. So you would see used copies of it at GameStop going for 90, 9500 bucks during its prime, which is absurd for a GameStop. The price has obviously come down. They, uh, they re-released a remastered version of it for the Switch, which... I would highly recommend playing that one. They've cl- they cleaned up a lot visually, but you know kept all the great stuff about it there. And then Xenoblade Chronicles Two came out a few years later. Xenoblade Chronicles X came out on the Wii U. Sorry, between Xenoblade One and Two, Two was announced to launch with the Switch, and it did not. <laughs> it came out quite a while after the Switch came out. Actually, no, you know what? Sorry, Xenoblade Chronicles X almost missed its launch on the Wii U. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I believe, came out on time, or pretty close to on time. And then Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was pretty right on time. Now, there was a huge mishap with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and the Nintendo store that had the collector's edition, and I won't talk about it because I didn't get one. Uh, (laughs) But I got my copy from Amazon absolutely love it (laughs) so xenoblade chronicles 3 features a pretty robust cast of characters you you pretty much play as the protagonist noah but you can switch between the characters throughout the gameplay like the other xenoblade games and noah is an offseer for the military civilization he is a part of so there are two particular battling military mites in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 when you boot it up. And their goal is just to fight each other pretty much until they die. And these these people in these uh, communities, they live for 10 years. Now, they're not super clear on it. They're obviously way older than 10-year-olds. They're not like kids murdering each other. So I don't know how the aging works or or if there's maybe a mistranslation somewhere in there. But... They live for 10 years. They fight for those 10 years. They train, they grow up, they fight, 
And then at the end of their 10th year, if they have survived combat to that point, they have what is known as a homecoming where they are essentially they, they are ritually killed. I suppose it's like a ritual. It honors them. It sends them off to the afterlife because I guess after 10 years, their bodies are, are done <laughs> or so they think because on a mission at the beginning of the game, and I'm not really spoiling anything here. So this is all within the first few hours, say first, Oh, I don't know. Three hours of the game of a of a minimum of a ninety hour game to complete. Noah and his squad are sent off on a an emergency mission from the the crown against the opposing army. But also, there's a third set of of soldiers that are in the mix that kind of bust through the action. And it is from these soldiers that they learn that not everything is as it seems. They gain what is known as the power of Ouroboros and are essentially their eyes are opened by this individual who is uh, transporting the Ouroboros power. And they learn that the truth of their situation is not what they think it is. And without spoiling anything, they learn that their faction uh, there is more to who controls the faction, and the same goes for the opposite group. There are three characters from the opposite faction who join Noah and his buddies after this chance encounter. And so they learn a little bit of this truth, but then set out on a journey to discover the actual truth of their situation, which is interesting because... They live for 10 years and they discover that there are humans who have lived for six, seven times as long as they do. So they seek out the truth. And, and that is the gist of the opening of the game. And what is the, uh, the setup for the, you know, the next X amount of hours of gameplay that you're going to dive into. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 takes the best aspects of Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and merge them into some pretty smooth and enjoyable gameplay. So it's not the most advanced combat system, uh, especially for the Xenoblade Chronicles saga. In fact, it's probably the simplest of all of Xenoblade Chronicles games. So your characters auto-attack and then you have essentially we'll say eight attack slots, uh, but they are just mapped to buttons on your controller. So initially you have four attacks mapped to the, uh, you know, X, Y, A, and B buttons. And then as you progress through the game, you unlock more abilities and classes, and then your uh, sub abilities are mapped to your D pad. So it's very standard, especially for Xenoblade Chronicles, which has very similar gameplay combat mechanics, but it is it is a turn-based. It's it's more active than your traditional turn-based mechanic. And actually, the two different factions have different types of abilities and charging of those abilities. The one faction charges over time, and the other faction charges as you land attacks. So uh, you can strategize your combat according to who's who you're controlling and whether they're a job class 
from their faction or the opposite faction. So it's a pretty, pretty deep, relatively deep, we'll, we'll say, system. But it is definitely interesting and it is very fun to run around and, you know, battle all the creatures on, on the map. But re- what really gets me f- excited about this game, I, 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 you know, I've played quite a bit at this point. What really got me excited, I suppose, should be the proper thing I should say, is, you know, the the story. This one in particular really focuses on its characters and, and the character building is really strong in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You know, Noah and Mio are two offseers is what they're called. And they're ones who send the um, spirit energy of the departed onto the next life so that they don't linger in the world so that they can finally find their peace. And Mio only has about three months left of her life before she, you know, is supposed to die. So the story is really, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting story on the, on the grand scheme because Noah and the party are trying to figure out the truth of their situation, figure out what's, what's really going on. And they have to come to terms with, you know, the fact that, Maybe they've been lied to their whole lives. <laughs> Maybe their friends who have died have died for nothing. But there's also this other layer of character building that really gets you invested in the characters. And not all of them are as easy to like as other characters. But it really it really is a master class in traditional RPG affairs. You know, as much like Truth is a traditional and terrific IPA, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is another traditional and phenomenal RPG. And both share unique elements that that set them apart and or make them special amongst all of the other... I don't want to say copycats, because there really isn't any... There really aren't a lot of games that copy Xenoblade or Monolith Soft games. You could you could make an argument for, you know, IPAs that how many can you make before they all taste the same. But Truth and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 really are pinnacles of their respective genres. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 already has a host of perfect scores, which is pretty crazy. Uh, pretty crazy, especially for... A 90 plus hour RPG. I mean, some reviewers aren't known for committing gratuitous amounts of time to complete games. So the fact that there are reviews that are perfect scores for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And and the majority of those reviews have been from people who completed the game. It's impressive. Our review is not live yet. Uh, and probably won't be for a little bit because I want to obviously give it the fair shake it deserves. And my philosophy is that if I don't have a review close enough to launch date, then I might as well take my time reviewing it and getting it out there when it's when it's a good review. So, But Truth and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 are at the top of their respective games. I mean... You can't go wrong with either. They are both phenomenal experiences. You know, truth, as far as IPAs go, you can't get much better traditional RPAs. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3, on the Wii, I mean, I'm sorry, on the Switch in particular, you 
I wouldn't recommend another franchise over Xenoblade Chronicles. If you ask me what RPG or series you should try first, if you're like a hardcore RPG fan just getting a Switch, Xenoblade Chronicles is going to be my recommendation every time. Unless you're five or a child or, or younger and really like Pokemon. But Xenoblade Chronicles is really where it's at. And and I hope I'm not overhyping it for some people. Some people might play it and be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But truthfully, in my in my very honest opinion, and I would stake my reputation as a, you know, a, a reviewer on this, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 one of the best RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. And there are a lot of good ones. <laughs> so with that, I really hope you get a chance to enjoy Truth and enjoy Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I know I I love both of these items I got to talk about today and, and would love for you to experience them as well. Please remember, as always, please drink responsibly and uh, and enjoy yourselves and enjoy your games. Thank you, everybody. I will see you again next week. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.